is Mike Lindstedt, president and co-founder of the Nehemiah Project, and you are listening to the Nehemiah Project podcast, where we replace hopelessness with hope. Well, we're back on our podcast series entitled Biblical Answers to Modern Issues, and I'm here with Pastor Chad. Chad, how you doing today? Doing good, man. It's uh, <clears throat> I've been hit with some allergies lately. You got some know. allergies? That's weird. Something, Man. something in the air around here just came out of nowhere. You got all kinds of pestilences and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all kinds of things floating around. That's right. right? Being attacked by the oh. by the weather. If it's not COVID, if it's not a stomach bug, yeah, if it's yeah. not it's allergies, you know, it's know. always something, right? Always. Oh Lord, we're pressing through. Us. We're pressing through. Amen. So well, good. good. Well, let's just get into our topic today because we got some mm-hmm. ground to cover. So Listener out there, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, and we're going to be starting off at verse 25, and we're going to read to the end of the chapter today. So we're going to cover some ground. We're going to try to hit the the primary points of this section. We're not going to dive into every intricacy that is here, um, because there's definitely a lot here. But my hope and and Chad's hope is Mm -hmm. is that you guys out there listening will just see the general principle that Paul has established Mm -hmm. uh, in the previous section and how he just applies it. He just applies it to life. Um, remember, what Paul is doing in the letter of 1 Corinthians is correcting, mm-hmm. right? And what he's also doing is he's answering questions that the Corinthians had uh, about their their new faith, right? A lot mm-hmm. of these people were uh, deeply involved in pagan idolatry, right? And now they're Christians, and they're like, uh, well, how do I apply mm-hmm. the life of Christ to my life, right? How does this work itself out? Which is, you know, really the question of every Christian, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so Paul is just going to answer the questions that the Corinthians have concerning marriage, mm-hmm. right? And so the general principle is found in verse 20 of chapter 7. It says, each one, each person, should remain in whatever condition in which he was called, He also says it a different way in verse 17, only let each person lead the life that the Lord has assigned to him and to which God has called him. Mm -hmm. And so those are kind of two different ways of Paul saying the same thing, that just because you were married before you became a Christian and now you're a Christian, that doesn't mean they should just divorce your unbelieving spouse. Right. Right. That was one of the cultural sort of norms out there. Also, if you were single before coming to becoming a Christian, that doesn't mean that you should stay single after becoming a Christian because you think it's going to make you more holier than thou. It's yeah. Like we said it in our vernacular today. You know, one of the, the cultural norms out there, uh, as far as marriage is concerned, mm-hmm. was that a lot of Greek philosophers forbid marriage or forwent marriage because yeah. they thought it would allow them to devote themselves more to their philosophy, Yeah, which was actually true. And is ironically the position that Paul himself took mm-hmm. when obviously applying it to Christianity. Paul says, I wish all of you were just like me, basically, mm-hmm. but you're not. And that's okay. Yeah. And that's where Paul made a distinction. Marriage is not wicked, there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, In God fact, created it. God created it. It's a wonderful thing. However, as we're going to find out today, mm-hmm. if one decides to get married, mm-hmm. which you should, like Paul said, if you can't control your sexual urges, you should get married to a Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a division of one's energy if one decides to get married, mm-hmm. right? Where the reason why Paul said, I wish all were like me is because he was a single man. Mm-hmm. He could devote his entire life 
every aspect yeah. of it to serving the Lord. Whereas right. we're going to find out you can't do that when you're married. And not being married allowed him to be able to withstand trial um, differently than those who are married because, you know, if you're put in jail for your faith, the reality of being apart from your family is going to weigh on you. Yeah. And, um, and it it's very tragic when things like that happen. And Paul understood that. And so that's part of as well as yeah. saying like it allows a different type of devotion to the Lord, yeah. um, of freedom in that way. Another thing to <clears throat> take in consideration as we're talking today is that Paul is, this is why it's so important to do a right Bible study with right hermeneutics because context matters. Mm-hmm. Paul's addressing, as you said, Mike, certain things that are going on within the Corinthian church and understanding a lot of the cultural things that we've talked about a lot when going through 1 Corinthians. He's addressing some specific things there. And what Paul's not doing is he's not contradicting God's purpose for marriage, God's design for marriage, and the sanctity of marriage. Yes, He's speaking about practical applications of living in a... Um, in the end times, the fallen world, a fallen world with persecution, with thinking with heaven in mind and Christ's return. And there's a lot of things that he's, um, that's in view with mm-hmm. his instruction here. So, um, he's not contradicting that marriage is created by God for a purpose, mm-hmm. um, for God's glory and is a beautiful thing when, um, pursued in obedience to Christ. And just to make another clarification, yeah, what Paul is also not saying is that if you are married, you are not somehow serving the Lord. Right. Right? What he means when he says serving in this context mm-hmm. is the freedom to just yeah. up and do whatever the Lord calls you to do. Right. You can't do that when you're married. Right. You got to make sure mm-hmm. that you are serving your wife in love. Yeah. You're serving your children and raising them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so if you are married and you're a Christian, right. um, you have been called to serve your family. Right. Man, First. right? Yeah. Woman, same thing, yeah. right? So um, so we had to make that clarification. Mm-hmm. But, Chad, why don't I just read this whole section? That way yeah. you can kind of get us started off yeah. with, the, with the explanations. Mm-hmm. All right. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, starting at verse 25. Now concerning the betrothed, I have no command from the Lord, but I give my judgment as one who by the Lord's mercy is trustworthy. I think that in view of the present distress, it is good for a person to remain as he is. Are you bound to a wife? Do not seek to be free. Are you free from a wife? Do not seek a wife. But if you do marry, you have not sinned. And if a betrothed woman marries, she has not sinned. Yet those who marry will have worldly troubles. And I would spare you that. This is what I mean, brothers. The appointed time has grown very short. From now on, let those who have wives live as though they had none, and those who mourn as though they were not mourning, and those who rejoice as though they were not rejoicing, and those who buy as though they had no goods, and those who deal with the world as though they had no dealings with it, for the present form of this world is passing away. I want you to be free from anxieties, The unmarried man is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to please the Lord. But the married man is anxious about worldly things, how to please his wife. Hmm. And his interests are divided. And the unmarried or betrothed woman is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to be holy in body and spirit. 
But the married woman, woman is anxious about worldly things, how to please her husband. I say this for your own benefit, not to lay any restraint upon you, but to promote good order and to secure your undivided devotion to the Lord. If anyone thinks that he is not behaving properly toward his betrothed, if his passions are strong and, and, and it has to be, let him do as he wishes. Let him marry. It is no sin. But whomever is firmly established in his heart, being under no necessity but having his desire under control and has determined this in his heart to keep her as his betrothed, he will do well. So then, he who marries his betrothed does well, and he who refrains from marriage will do even better. A wife is bound to her husband as long as he lives. But if her husband dies, she is free to be married to whom she wishes, only in the Lord. Yet in my judgment, she is happier if she remains as she is, and I think that I too have the Spirit of God. Yeah. <clears throat> so we begin where he talks about concerning the betrothed, and these are people who are committed to someone for marriage or those maybe a father has daughters that are that he's maybe not having them be married yet and waiting for yes. a future spouse. Um, and he's given, and Paul says, I'm, I'm not given a command from the Lord, but a judgment, my judgment. And so we start this section off, like we said earlier, realizing that Paul is really speaking to reality and application here. Mm -hmm. like the, the realities of the trials, and, and then he talks about this present distress, which as we talked about before coming on here, that there could have been, we know there's great persecution in the church at this time. Mm -hmm. uh, he could have been speaking about that. But some of the verbiage here also speaks to the, a general reality of mm -hmm. living in a sinful, fallen world. And that there is going to be a distress there. If we're trying to follow Christ, there's going to be um, trials and yeah. persecution and struggles and hardships uh, within that way and so he, he begins there um, in verse 20 27 are you bound to a wife do not seek to be free are you free from a wife do not seek a wife mm -hmm. and so here he's saying if the lord has brought something into your life meaning if, if you're bound to a wife meaning you are married keep that commitment and honor the lord in that commitment but then if you're not bound to a wife and you, your desires are not to be married at the time, then, then be free. Stay right. free because it allows you to be able to serve the Lord in a different capacity, in a different mm -hmm. way. Yeah, and I want to add one thing here too. Mm -hmm. is, is This is kind of under the surface right now. But what he's basically doing, Chad, is he's appealing mm -hmm. to your conscience, right? Mm -hmm. He's like, what does your conscience tell you to do, right? right. Christian, yeah. right? Assuming, of course, your conscience is being yeah. informed. And he gets into this explicitly in the next mm -hmm. chapter and following. Right. So he's kind of already starting to go that way. Mm -hmm. But I did want to bring that up for our listeners. Yeah. So he's giving practical advice right. based on his... Um, the spirit of God within him, like mm -hmm. he says, I think I too have the spirit of God. Mm -hmm. But he's giving practical advice that he thinks would honor the Lord. Yeah. And what does he do? He appeals to the conscience. Mm -hmm. This is the gray area in the Bible, right? Mm -hmm. If there's a gray area, you got to go to the conscience that is assumedly being renewed in the text of Scripture. Right. That's right. Your conscience being informed by the, yes. the word of God. <clears throat> now, I want to take this a step further into our context today. I think this applies well in terms of 
the idolatry of this life, meaning sometimes when you're single, you feel as if there's something wrong, that you're missing out, yeah, that you're not as worthy because our culture, even within the church, maybe glorifies marriage more than singleness. Yeah, the Christian culture especially, I've noticed here in the yeah. South. Like in, yeah. in California, it's a little different. Here yeah. it's like, I got my 15 kids, I got my mm-hmm. husband, you know, my mm-hmm. wife, or whatever. Absolutely. And that's not with the right view in mind and what Paul is trying to, to show us here is your view as a Christian should be first and foremost to glorify God mm-hmm. and seek to figure out how can I best serve and honor the Lord. That is your identity. That is what makes us good is Christ himself. And oftentimes I think when we're making decisions about to be married or not to be married, it's within the cultural pressures and not wanting to feel left out. Yeah. Um, feeling like we're lesser than, and that's just not true. Paul actually says quite the opposite here, that if the Lord has allowed you to have a, some self-control more than someone else and you're able to stay pure in your singleness and your heart's fully devoted to Christ, that's a great advantage. Yeah. Because all of us are living for the end, should be living for the end, which yes. is heaven. All of us should be storing up treasures in heaven. All of us should be trying to bring about God's kingdom, not our own. And so there's a great advantage to those who are single to be able to move to another country and be a missionary or um, to speak boldly uh, the gospel in the, in the streets and you know, knowing you may be put in jail or killed for your faith and, you know, in different ways or, just to have the time, you know, just to take it back to even super practical is right. Um, if if you're single and fully devoted to the Lord, you can serve your church, you can share the gospel, you can do whatever you hang want out with people. Lord. You can, I mean, yeah, you can fill your day with all kinds of things that a married person can't do. Now, this is the other side of the married person is I've also found within marriage there's that same idolatry that. Being married was the goal, and building one's own kingdom was the goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's also not the goal of marriage. The purpose of marriage is glorifying God and having a ministry within your home, right? So ministry or bringing forth God's kingdom should still be the focus of marriage and child rearing. As Mike said earlier, you can't go out as easily and freely to just build new relationships with all kinds of people as easily as a single person. However, Mm -hmm. your spouse is, is a ministry, especially husbands to lead, lead your wife and lead your families. Your children are your ministry to shepherd and guide and raise up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And that takes a significant amount of time and energy. Doesn't mean that, a married couple doesn't also build relationships with people outside of their home and and also share the gospel and bring forth his kingdom and also serve their church. But their time is just limited. Mm-hmm. It's just because there's a different ministry that you have to do as a married person. And uh, I'll end it here, and Mike, you can chime in. Mm-hmm. There's also a different reality emotionally when it comes to trial and persecution. Mm-hmm. The reality is the idea of something happening to your child, the idea of something happening to your wife or your husband, 
can be also used by Satan to cause us to shrink back in terms of persecution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a real thing, and and I, I say that from a place of I'm a husband and a father, and when challenged with you know I I was doing a, a family Bible study a few months back, and that <clears throat> a law that was passed in Canada and, and was being brought up in Indiana to basically make what we do in biblical counseling conversion therapy, mm-hmm. broadening that language basically telling anybody that they're wrong for anything that they feel, which we would as Christians in sharing the gospel, would be considered conversion therapy for those in transgender and homosexual situations and would be against the law and would actually bring about jail time. Mm -hmm. So at that time, I took that opportunity to talk about that with my kids and my wife and asked my kids who are nine and seven now, at the time they were nine and six, should dad continue to do what I'm doing if it means I would go to jail, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm proud of them. They're like, of course, of course, of course. They have no idea what that actually right. means. I'm like, that means I couldn't be here anymore. And that reality of sharing the gospel, doing biblical counseling, and that may mean being locked up in prison, that's that's a reality for a lot of Christians all over the world and mm-hmm. could be a reality to us at some point here. And so I bring that example up because I had to wrestle through that of like, would I continue to do this mm-hmm. if it meant that? And that's a real wrestle for someone who's married. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Paul does not act like it isn't, right? Yeah. That's why he's bringing this stuff up. Exactly. He says, yet, this is verse 28b, the second half of that verse, yet those who marry will have worldly troubles Mm -hmm. and i would spare you that right Mm -hmm. um now that that phrase worldly troubles is extremely important and he does say it again um later on he brings it up in um oh where oh verse uh 34 but the married woman is anxious about worldly Mm -hmm. things right so he's making a delineation he's making a distinction Mm -hmm. and in the uh preceding verses after 28 he says this is what i mean Okay, now he explains himself. And at first this might seem kind of weird, but but it's important to know that he's making a distinction between this world and the eternal, mm-hmm. quote-unquote, world, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Which, by the way, like you said earlier, Chad, is where all Christians need to have their minds, right? Colossians uh, chapter 3, verse 1. Put right. your mind where Christ is on the things above, right? Yeah. And so <clears throat> here's what he says, verse 29. This is what I mean, brothers. The appointed time has grown very short. What does he mean? Mm -hmm. You have to understand Paul is teaching his people that they are living in the last days. The last days does not mean what you think of it means initially. Mm -hmm. It means the time after Christ's resurrection and ascension until Christ's second advent. It's Mm -hmm. the final days. Mm -hmm. So listener out there, you are living in the last days, biblically speaking. So the appointed time, what does that mean? The appointed time until Christ comes back, Maybe. It's not necessarily eschatological in this context. So it more likely means your life, mm-hmm. right? The appointed time that you have on this earth. Mm-hmm. Don't focus on worldly things, especially if you can help it, mm-hmm. which in the case of marriage, you may be able to not get married, right? Mm-hmm. We've gone over that. So here's what he says. This is what I mean. The appointed time has grown very short. From now on, let those who have wives live as though they had none. Well, what does that mean? Just abandon my wife? No. That means... Make sure that you serve your wife Mm -hmm. 
as God has prescribed in his word, but make sure that that doesn't become an idol of yours. Mm. Don't idolize marriage. He moves on. Then he says, and those who uh, mourn as though they were not mourning. Remember, if you're mourning over something about this world and what's going on in this world, may be okay, but don't get stuck there. Mm. Remember, this world, like he says at the very end of verse 31, is passing away, yeah. right? So, And he goes on to do a couple of other examples. I think his point is, based on the context, if you get married in this world, you're going to have worldly troubles. Mm-hmm. Remember, don't get bogged down in this world by worldly troubles, Yeah. okay? Get married if you can't control yourself. Get married. It's okay. It glorifies God. You've not sinned, mm-hmm. right? And he's going to, in a second, talk about fathers who have a virgin daughter mm-hmm. who we'll get into the cultural context who would, you know, give their, their, their children up to get married. He's also telling them, look, you can do that. That's okay. Uh, but consult your children. Hmm. The point is don't get bogged down in this world that is passing away. And he goes on in verses 32 through 34 to just kind of reiterate stuff he's already said, but he's speaking pastorally. I want you to be free from anxieties. Mm -hmm. The unmarried man is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to please the Lord. But the married man is anxious about worldly things, how to please his wife. And he says the same thing about the unmarried woman or the betrothed woman. Um, verse 35, I say this for your own benefit, not to lay any restraint upon you, but to promote good order and to secure your undivided devotion to the Lord. I'm not trying to keep you from getting married. Mm. If you want to get married, that's fine. Do it. It's okay. You're not less than a single person, right? Right, right. Okay, and that was a big cultural thing, right? He <sighs> says, no, I'm not trying to keep you from doing that. What I am trying to do is tell you about the realities of marriage Mm -hmm. and how they will pull your devotion away Mm -hmm. from the Lord if you are a single person. It won't be the same, okay? Now, moving on. I think we made our point there, Chad. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Verses 36 through 38, what he's doing here is discussing a father's heart for his daughter's devotion to the Lord by encouraging his daughter to remain single, okay? So you have culturally going on in the background here. The cynical, the cynic philosophical view that marriage distracts one from their devotion to philosophy. We've already talked about that. There's also another cultural note here that arranged marriages were culturally normal. Now, obviously, in our day and age, they're definitely not. Yeah. In America, right. they are in places like India and other places. Yeah. This is very normal. The third cultural note is that parents did receive input from their children as it pertains to the marriage, but the father yielded final authority. Mm-hmm. So Paul is now, and I know that there's there's uh, interpretive you know debates going on here about what the betrothed and all this means in this particular portion of this section here, but we're going to go with the interpretation that when he says in verse 36, if anyone thinks that he is not behaving properly towards his betrothed, mm-hmm. Paul there is referring to a father and his virgin daughter whom he's going to either give away in marriage or not, mm-hmm. okay? So that's what's going on. Now, in verse 36, we have three potential options, okay? Verse 36a, where it says, if his passions are strong, uh, and it has to be, okay, we're gonna talk about this in a second. The next one is verse 36b, if she is past her youth, and verse 36c, if it must be so, all right? So he goes over three different sort of um, scenarios, if you will. Now, number one, if anyone thinks he is behaving, uh, not behaving properly, 
this word is is uh, basically a figurative way of thinking of saying that he's that if you think you're not obeying cultural norms, or if you think you're kind of uh, being unelegant, is the literal translation. If you think you're kind of acting out of line, okay, that, I think that's a good way to put it in today's vernacular. Okay, so if anyone thinks that he's acting out of line towards his virgin daughter, but if his passions are strong and it has to be, let him do as he wishes. Let them marry. Okay, so if the the the, the female daughter mm-hmm. who's a virgin wants wants to not get married, she doesn't want to get married because she wants to stay devoted to the Lord, but the father's like, no, I, I you need to get married, right? Mm-hmm. This is kind of the this is the scenario number one. Remember, mm-hmm. the father has final authority. Then let them marry. It is not a sin, mm-hmm. okay? It's an arranged marriage, and culturally, this was completely normal. Nobody thought twice about this. Yeah, the father had the final say. That was okay. I know that's extremely offensive to our society here in America, right? But it's completely normal during this time. Okay, yeah. people would not have thought twice about this. Yeah. So Paul, Paul is really speaking to the father there. Let him get married. It's not a sin, yeah. right? It's Give okay. her away in marriage. It's, it's okay. okay. All right. Uh, now, now, verse 37, but whoever is firmly established in his heart, being under no necessity, but having his desire under control and has determined this in his heart to keep her as his betrothed, he will do well. So he, this is the other one. He's not going to give the daughter away in marriage. He's going to keep her, right? He's going to mm-hmm. keep her for the purposes of being devoted to the Lord. Again, totally normal in that day and time. But there is a caveat there having his desire under control Mm -hmm. where there's, if you're doing this out of conviction and wisdom of the Lord and prayer, not out of selfishness or out of fears or out of, right? Like there's, there's that implication there. Like your heart has to be right in doing so. Mm -hmm. But if, but if that's what the Lord is saying and it's, and your heart is under, your desires under control, then that you would do well there too. Yeah. I forgot one note. I have to go back up because I forgot. I forgot the the other two scenarios. So when we're now we're going to go back up. It says if his passions are strong. This is verse thirty six b. The better translation of that is quote unquote if she is past her youth. Okay, this means that she is past the um, the the flower of her age. Right. Mm. She's she's not so young that she hasn't hit puberty. Okay. Yeah. So I, I had to put that in there because I brought it up early. Um, I brought it up earlier. And verse 36, see, if it must be so, then give her up in marriage. So I had to clarify those things, okay? Yeah, yeah. The interpretation I already gave still stands, but I forgot to clarify those yeah, things. Yeah, that's fine. Moving on. Sorry. <laughs> Going back to verse, uh, where are we at now? 38. Mm-hmm. So then, he who marries his betrothed does well, and he who refrains from marriage will do even better. Mm-hmm. Again, the general principle. The general principle is... Yeah. You just stay in the situation that you are, but if you want to get married, that's okay. If you do get married, you're going to have worldly troubles, okay? You're going to have more troubles than if you were single as it pertains to serving the Lord. So if you listeners take anything away from this conversation today, remember, you are not holier than thou if you are a single person, okay? You still serve the Lord whether or not you're married or single. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, like we've described... If you get married, your interests and your energies will be divided, Mm -hmm. okay? To finish the section off, verses 39 through 40, this is basically just addressing widows. If a wife is bound to her husband as long as he lives, uh, she's going to be bound to her husband. But if her husband dies, then she is free to be married to whom she wishes, Mm -hmm. but only in the Lord. 
That's a huge right. qualifier. Yeah, not to be unequally yoked, like mm-hmm. to be with someone who loves the Lord and desires to follow God and worship God only. Yes. And, but in verse 40, he says, yet in my judgment, <laughs> she is happier if she remains as she is. Because he can say that because he knows the joy of serving the Lord. Mm-hmm. He knows it because he gave his whole life away to it. So we finished that somewhat difficult interpretive <laughs> yeah. section there. But just to reiterate the points again, Paul says, each one should remain in the condition in which you were called. Yep. Okay, So just remember that. If you are a fairly new believer, don't seek to just change everything in your life, right? Yeah. However, as it pertains to marriage, if you want to get married, go for it. Yeah. Do it, right? Especially if, you've, if you can't keep your sexual desires under control. Yeah. But know this, that marriage will require, uh, by necessity, mm-hmm. uh, your devotion. Yeah. And that honors God. Absolutely. Any final words before we sign off today, Chad? No, I think the underlying principle for this and everything is your decisions and your heart has to be about glorifying God first and seeking first his kingdom. And everything else falls underneath that. All right. Well, that actually ends the section on marriage. So next week, we're going to get into a new section all about Christian liberty. So we're going to talk about some gray areas. Uh-oh. <laughs> so you definitely want to make sure you tune in next week. We thank you all for listening this week to the Nehemiah Project podcast. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Nehemiah Project podcast. For more resources about addiction recovery, suicide prevention, and overcoming other life-controlling issues, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram and visit our website, tnproject.org. If you or someone you love is struggling, don't hesitate to reach out to us by calling 985 905 3022